Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the uh, Jordan J and Buddies podcast. I am your host, Will, joined once again by the good buddy, Brandon. What's up, guys? How's it going? Yo, so we are back talking again, and this time we're deviating from the usual, uh, you know, talking about the MCU. We are talking about uh, one of the, if not the best, currently running animated series, Rick and Morty. And a fair warning before we jump into anything, we will be talking about the entire series, including season five that just ended, so there will be spoilers, and we're not going to warn you again. So this is it, this is the warning. Yeah, exactly. There's going to be theories, there's going to be analyzation of the episodes, there's going to be opinions, but there's definitely spoilers, so final time. If you haven't seen the series fully, go watch it, come back. Yes. We are we are talking about this about two weeks after season five ended, with what is the biggest ending of the whole series. Mind-blowing. Uh, it's one of the biggest cliffhangers, one of the biggest just whatever. And as such, it just made us think, you know what, we should talk about this thing. Because I got into this back in the middle of season two, like six or seven years ago, and I actually got Brandon into it. Yeah, I actually remember Will talking to me in the hallways of high school about this animated show, Rick and Morty, he'd watch sometimes. And uh, eventually I was at another friend's house, it was on the TV, and I just wound up binging it from that point forwards, you know? And it's just... It is so cleverly and well. It is so cleverly written, so well written because there's so much of it. It's so easy to to mess up a show like this, to get caught up in a bad fan base, to get caught up in whatever, and make your show saturated, overdo it or whatever. But they don't. They have like ten episode seasons, where I mean, honestly speaking, I can't look at their entire library and say that they have a bad episode. Yeah, honestly, I can rate the episodes from, like, good to, like, the best, exceptional, you know, but I wouldn't necessarily say there's bad episodes. There's weird episodes. It's It gets out there sometimes, but, I mean, this is a series based on the multiverse. Obviously, there's going to be some weird factors in that. Yeah, there's some crazy episodes, and some that I would definitely put towards the bottom of a list if I'm talking about ranking them, but the reality is <laughs> there's you have bad episodes of TV shows, so oh, shows yeah. that went on too long where people are like, yeah, the whole of Office of The Office Season 9 is bad. That's fair enough when people say that. There, you have no individual episodes, even in Rick and Morty, that, that they're like that. And I think that is that really says something, because it, it, it speaks a lot to the creative team behind the show. Yeah, especially because you could even compare it to, like, Family Guy or Simpsons, which are other iconics and classics, you know. But obviously you could tell over time that they just start having episodes that are forgettable, not memorable. And I mean, for the most part, when you go through Rick and Morty stuff, everybody has their own favorite episode. Everybody has their own opinion and their own outlook on it. Uh, I don't agree with the whole fan base, obviously. We we both know there's some toxic fan base in there. But I yeah. mean, Rick and Morty's also really good at addressing that when they need to, you know? Uh, like Nazi Morty in a season four's premiere. Yes. Yeah, Fascist Morty in the season four premiere was great because he literally was supposed to be like the embodiment of all of the bad fans who were saying, I don't like where, where, where the show is going. Just return back to the, 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 the simple Rick and Morty ven- adventures of the earlier days. And Rick was like, what does it even mean? You can't just tell me what you don't want. Tell me what you do want. Yeah, and yeah. it was exactly like that. It's them like looking into the camera and being like, you guys don't even know what you want. Just let us make your show. You will like what we give you. Just let us do it. And I like that they do that multiple times. Like, they started getting more and more direct with it, you know? Like, especially in the season five finale, how, like, whoa, like, dead wife. And Rick's like, yes, so everybody can shut up about it. But the reality is, you were talking to, you were talking about, um, <laughs> you know, people who... Uh, everybody had theories about what made up Rick's past. And finally, the season five finale mm-hmm. is dedicated to answering just about every question. Uh, yes. Not n- not all of them. There's enough loose threads to, to keep the show going but we do know what's a lot we had a lot of burning questions and we have a lot of them answered 
Yeah, it's like a lot of people were theorizing. I remember what I was saying. Sorry, guys, I have smooth brain syndrome <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> um, but a lot of us were theorizing a lot of different ways. And Justin Orlin and Dan Harmon have always been avid on like, we're not going to look at fan theories. We're not going to listen. Like, we listen to the fans. We, we're glad you guys are there and everything. But, I mean, at the end of the day, this is our show. Like, that's always been what they said. And through time especially like season four scene five after they got renewed for their 70 episode block a lot of people started spamming them every which way they could through email through letters through tweets through everything to where they couldn't really avoid the fan theories anymore so they're like hey this is our show but like how can we get these people to kind of we want to please you guys but at the same time low-key can you can you shut up and let us can have you our show just back off and just let time happen yeah exactly so uh, and speaking of time that's another big thing is rick and morty was centered like we're not gonna do time travel at all and they've had one or two time episodes they've had one, 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 one or two episodes that have been self-contained time travel stories which is fantastic because it's also the season four Christmas episode that focuses on snake time travel is one of the greatest episodes in the whole series, I would argue. And definitely, because I'm personally a bit of a time travel aficionado in the world of cinema and TV shows. Yeah, definitely. And I think it is one of the most well-made, uh, you know, things where you can find plot holes in everything. As you guys know, my favorite movie is Back to the Future. But Tons of plot holes. It's full of plot holes, full of time travel inconsistencies, full of whatever. And if you want to pick it apart, you don't even have to try that hard. But that Rick and Morty time travel episode is solid. Yeah. I have not found a problem with it. And I've, and I've looked, and I can't find a problem with it. Yeah. And I think that's pretty cool. But I think that really says something, too. Where they, It's basically kind of them saying, we could do time travel, and we could do a good job at it. But the overall arc is not time-based. This is there, There's no time travel jumping. There's multiverse jumping. There's so much of it, you'll, you won't even be able to keep track of multiverse jumping. Yeah. But there's no time jumping. And there's even multiverse jumping where, like, we'll, we'll jump to a multiverse that might have time running slower. Like, you know, the car battery in the multiverse episode where they yeah. go see Zeb Zamforth, Stephen Colbert. Uh, yeah. Great appearance. But, um, and even you, in the pilot episode, there's a yeah. there's a time reference where Morty breaks his leg, so Rick goes to his portal gun to go get him the, 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 the leg serum. True. And he was gone for like 10 seconds, but then he comes back, he was like, that time ran slower there, and I was with a lot of beautiful women, Morty, and I was there for forever, but while I was gone, my portal gun has got no charge left. <laughs> you know. And so it was like, yeah, so they, they, they screw around with time stuff, but it's not integral to the point of Rick can't time travel. He can just manipulate multiverse stuff in a way where time acts differently, but it's not like he can time travel. As we know as of right now, because I mean, yeah. season five's from, from what they said, pretty much <laughs> blew our minds. Yeah, from what they said at the beginning. But another episode with the time is uh, the Mr. Nimbus episode, season five premiere, Mr. you know, with, with Jim Gaffigan's dog trying to please his mother. Oh, I love... I love first off that there's that, that Jim Gaffigan's in there, because he's like one of my favorite stand-up comics. For and the that, future! And that, that season five intro is so good because you know it's you have to stick the intro of a season you can have some mediocre ones throughout as this season did but that season five opener is so fantastic that there's this pocket dimension that morty travels to that is exists from from rick's perspective to just age the wine but there's a society on the other side and morty messes with them and he ruins their life and he ruins generations and eras for Eras. these people. They travel to the end of time where he sees an owl in another dimension and she's like, you failed me, my son. And he's like, mother? And then he like zooms back, you know, like after they pull him it's, out. Like, it's it's dark. so well done. It's dark. And Rick and Morty's really good at being dark. Another like dark episode. I didn't mean to cut you off. Man. You, no, you're good. Please uh, keep going. But another dark episode is the Whirly Durly conspiracy because it's our first Rick and Jerry episode. Self-proclaimed Rick and Jerry, Rick and Jerry episode. episode. But uh, 
it, it's an amazing episode, but there's definitely once the force field goes down, because they go to the planet where, obviously, people can't die because it's Jerry. If there's anybody who can find a who way to die, die over yeah. the stupidest ways possible, it's Jerry. So... You go to this planet, you have the force field, and of course, they mess it up, and then you have a little boy playing with his sister, and they they show it off at the beginning, you don't even think of anything, it's just an example, like, oh, he shoots his sister in the head, she gets back up, they go laughing, you're like, oh, even the kids are involved. Later on, the force field goes down, you don't even think of that, and it cuts back to the kids, little kid shoots his sister, and then... Zetha? Like, she's just she's dead. She's gone. She's, she's dead. dead. Like, oh, it's they're showing horrible. us kid murder. It's alien kid murder, but I guess that's where we're going now, Rick and Morty. Okay. They showed us kids murdering, like the Smiggles episode, Strawberry Smiggles. Strawberry Smiggles, which that opens up something good. Interdimensional cable mm. as a concept, which is the idea that they, they've got this TV box that just that they, they connects to any possible conceivable channel in any of one of the multiverses. So you see these insane things like, you know, a world where humans evolve from corn and there's just like <laughs> cor- corns on the cob having a like a gun battle on their TV to just whatever. And and the, and the great thing is that it's largely improvised by the voice actors in the studio and yeah. it's hilarious. Though I guarantee they're just like do something Garfield related, and then they just they just throw stuff around for a minute, and the Gazorpazorp field parody is like my favorite interdimensional cable thing. That's but your favorite one, probably. Out of it's, all I, it's either that or uh, Two Brothers. It's one of those what? two. It's those gotta be are one your of those two, two out of all of them. Uh, it, it's got to be. Yeah. Uh, personal space is really dark. Stay, Give me my stay, personal space. Get stay out, out of my personal, personal space. space. And then he just like peels off his skin. That one. That one went real dark. Or the. You want to know which one's honestly one of my favorite? Obviously the little bits. Little bits. But uh, the other one too is the. How did I get here? And then the chick's like by the coffee machine a second, and then she's like on top of the phone or whatever, and she's like, How did I get here? And the guy's just like, How did she get there? And then Morty's like, like, What Rick, does that mean? And Rick, Rick's how like, did she stay away from that coffee machine? Rick, how, how did she get there? And Morty, I, I, I don't know, but. <laughs> How did she get it, there? Because the tagline was the show that'll make you say, "How did they yeah. get there?" And it's <laughs> uh. so it, this that this show is great at blending insanely absurd things that you've never even thought about. I've, I've like these things. Uh, that's what Rick and Morty does so well. Is it's like sci-fi concepts that have not been done before. Yeah. If they do, then they're doing a parody of them. They've done a few parodies. They've done a Star Wars parody, kind of, kind like of. more of a star, like a nod to to Star Wars tropes. Yeah. And stuff like that. I guess is the better way to phrase it. Well, they, they did. They, they did said, like a Voltron. Oh, we gotta do a freaking Star Wars. <laughs> and they did. Um, they did a Voltron parody in the most recent season and stuff. But more often than not, they're walking on uncharted territory with sci-fi stuff. Yeah. My personal well, one of my my favorite episodes, as me and you were just talking about, is the the memory parasite one. And I think that's what most Wonderful. people will say is, like, one of the best well-conceived episodes of the series. If you want to watch Rick and Morty or get into Rick and Morty, that would be an episode I recommend because it's a self-contained episode. It's in season two, but it's self-contained. It gives you the concept of the show and everything. And I can personally say it because that's the first episode I saw on the TV when I went into my friend's house. So definitely that would be the episode I'd say is a good jumping off point. It is a great start, start from the start. Because it gives you a little intro to all five of the, of the main characters, the, the core family. You know, and it hits the, the sci-fi stuff without going too over the top if you don't know the, the lore yet. Because there's some other good episodes that are very lore-based. Love them. And this is just one-off, disconnected from everything. In, in its own right, it's completely disconnected. And it's really good. It's a, it's a, I would say that that's a great place to start if you're trying to get somebody to, to watch it or whatever. It's, it's just a good, it's a good episode. Yeah, to just be like, okay, we're going to sit down and watch one instead of being like, oh, we're going to watch season one. Because we can all kind of admit the pilot is vastly different than the rest of the show. Like, it has it's the weird. concepts the same, but it's 
I mean, if you've seen Doc and Marty, Justin Roiland short from the beginning, like, it's not much better than that. It was just super vulgar at the time, and Adult Swim was like, hey, we get your idea, and we understand what you want, but you need to give us a refined version a little bit. And so, like, I'll actively say, honestly, out of all episodes, I think the pilot might rank towards my bottom. The pilot is probably the weakest, and it's just because they start running laps around it, even in the second episode. Oh, yeah. Because the second episode no, no, is no. the uh, in Inception parody, if you want to put call it that, slash the dogs taking over society parody thing, and that was so good, and so much better than the pilot, because the, but pilots are always going to be weird, because they have to introduce oh, yeah. you to the concept, and they're always made separately. The pilots are often made weeks or months prior to That's the rest true, of the series even being produced. Get green lit, right? This is what they use to win over the network, and then once they win it over, then they then they start making more regular episodes, and so it's it's disconnected, but it's, and as such, it's not the best jumping off point, because it doesn't feel like the rest of the series. Yeah, not at all. But, but I mean, season one as a whole, which this is a good thing to say with most shows, is season one, again, we're not calling any of these bad. No. We're going to keep getting that straight. We said it before, but we're going to keep getting that straight through this episode. Is like, we're not calling any of these bad. But I would say season one is probably the weakest season out of all of them, too. I could say know? that, yeah. Like, I, I could see that But happening. it's because, again, that's a good thing, is because with most shows, I was thinking about this earlier, is you either have season one was the best season, and it's all downhill from there, like they stayed stagnant for a bit or all downhill from there with some shows or you have season one was one of the worst seasons if not the worst it's usually either season one or season two because season one is the pilot season season two is the season where they're starting to okay we might have a series going we're going to start doing a lot of setting up stuff so just bear with us you know yeah that's most shows and then from there, season three is where you can start judging the show fully, which you actively say the season three premiere is... I would say, at the end of the day, my personal bias, season three, episode one, is my favorite episode. I just love it so much. I saw this episode when it was new, when they were airing it, and back to back to back April to back Fools. on April Fool's Day. So, ever, so some guy that I used to work with, tweet, uh, he messaged me, and he was like, hey... Rick and Morty is airing right now, season three, and I was like, no, it's not, because nobody knew when it was coming back. Nobody knew. They, yeah. they, they they gave us a vague date at the end of the, the last episode where they were like, it'll be like a year and a half or longer, and then we heard nothing. Nothing. There was even there, there was no even a, an account. I, I don't use Tumblr anymore because I because I'm I'm better than that. I have not in years. But there was a Tumblr account Wait, that I that to... I followed way back when that was an active count of how long Rick has been in jail because of the end of that season yeah. two. And so there was, like, people were like, we don't know when this is coming back. This could be so long. And then for somebody to message me on April Fool's Day and go, Rick and Morty's back, I was like, no, it's not. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He's trying to get me, and I'm not going to do it. And, no, they were airing it. They were airing it back-to-back -back on Adult Swim and on AdultSwim.com. And I uh, I stopped work. I was <laughs> I was working at Chick-fil-A, and Worth I stopped it. and sat down against the, 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 the dumpster outside and watched 22 minutes of an episode of Rick and Morty because I was like, my gosh, it's back. Dude, it was amazing. Yeah, I, like, same friend that I had seen the original thing. We both kick it with him, with Gabe and everything. But yeah. uh, I was at Gabe's house and in the garage just chilling, you know, and I went out to, like, get a drink of water or something. I don't remember why I was going out, but his little brother Christian had, like, just turned on the TV, and it was on Cartoon Network because we would watch Adult Swim at night anyways, you know? Whether it was Aqua Teen Hunger Force or, like, whatever. And so he turned it on, and it was, like, 8 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night, somewhere around there. It was late-ish, kind of. Yeah. It was evening. But uh, turned it on, 
and it was Rick and Morty. And at first I was like, okay, cool, Rick and Morty. And then I was looking closer and like uh, Nathan Fillion's alien was there. And it was Nathan Fillion's voice that got me because I was like, I haven't seen an episode with Nathan Fillion and Rick and Morty. And so I was like, hey, go to the TV guide and Fred's little brother pulls out and TV guide says season three, episode one. And I like registered for a second, like no way. And then I saw it was like you said, back to back to back to back to back. They're just airing it. I just ran into the garage. There's like five or six different people there. I'm like, guys, Rick and Morty season three right now. And same reaction. They're like, Brandon, that's probably the lamest April fool's joke that you could ever make. And I'm like, I'm not joking. Didn't wait for a response. Run back. Wait 80, 90 seconds, and then just hear all of the footsteps. The garage door slams open, all the footsteps, and everyone's flipping <laughs> out. You know, like none of us it's knew <laughs> because they do such a good job at that. Is they're like, hey guys, again, it goes back to this is our show. Let us run our show, and we'll get it down to the day. We told you when it'd come back. It came back in exact year and a half. Yeah, the math on the time in between was exactly 1.5 years, and I thought that was pretty cool too. And that that's the other thing about this show that I really, really like, is that you don't get a lot of leaks with it in, in, in advance. You know, MCU stuff, I feel like we get a lot of leaks because there's just people who are looking for it. But this stuff, they ha they keep it under wraps pretty well, and I think that's pretty cool, you know? I'm I'm a big fan of that because I don't want... I'm too invested in this show to want to have anything ruined for me in, in advance, and I, and I like that I've never had that happen. You I know? feel you. And so, um, the characters, too. You don't often see animated shows that have character growth. True. And this is a show that does that because animated shows were practically built with things like The Simpsons mm -hmm. on the idea of everything's the same at the end of the episode as it was at the beginning. Yep. There's no growth, and that's okay. You're not here to see a, a story arc. It's like arc. the Goldbergs. Oh. <laughs> I've heard that episode. Oh, boy. Go watch that one, guys. <laughs> but it's there's no growth. Homer Simpson doesn't change throughout the series. He just is the same character, and that's okay because you're watching a cartoon. But then you have things like Rick and Morty, and you see this a little bit in earlier shows too. Futurama does it a little bit too, where you have character arcs and stuff, but Rick and Morty has yeah. some well-executed, subtle character growth. Yeah. You see it in Morty becoming smarter and becoming a little bit more, uh, you know, dominant, standing up for himself and stuff like that. True. You know? Well, even down to the subtle marks of, like, if you watch from season one through season five, Rick's voice obviously gets a little better. It's kind of smooth at times and stuff, but like you notice, like his alcoholism kind of dies down a little bit at times, where they start paying attention when he has the green drool and other stuff. Some episodes, episodes he doesn't. Morty, though, all the way down to Morty's voice, it gets lower through the series. You know, like it 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 starts off way up here, and then it's it's still kind of deep, but it's or high, but it's right here now. You know, he does yeah, he does way less of the whole voice cracking high pitch thing, and I it's it's a subtle yeah, I can't do a it's, Morty it's a, it's a subtle nod. throat hurts that was terrible. But. It's a, it's a, and it's a subtle nod to clearly time in universe passing. They've never gotten specific with us about what that is. But yeah. it's clearly eventually going to happen at some point or another, and I think that's pretty cool. Or even if time doesn't pass, in the sense of maybe maybe he doesn't actually get older at all by the end of the series, who's to say? But he still is becoming more mature, yes. growing into a, a different kind of person due to the adventures we've seen him go on. And it's that's interesting, and that's I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Well, it's really interesting, too, because a lot of us had the theory that Morty was going to be turning into some version of evil morty eventually you know we've seen him get more brutal we've seen him get more cold again like you said with the season five premiere yeah at first he starts screwing up their society because he doesn't know what's going on but as soon as he knows what's going on he's like all right screw this i'm going in and he just devastates them completely yeah and it's like we've seen 
moments until then, you know. But that was definitely one of the times where it's like, oh, this is full. Where he was, he was fully just mad. Yeah, and he just wanted revenge, and he took it exactly. So like we've seen him take those turns, and like they've said, is like he gonna be evil Morty, and then evil Morty even addresses like if you've ever been fed up with Rick before, if you've ever been tired of him, then you've been evil Morty too. That's kind of them, yes, again acknowledging the fans, but it's also them saying, hey, there's your little acknowledgement he's not gonna be like evil morty here's the deciding factor you know is he gonna go with evil morty is he gonna side with rick and yeah we know we know yeah and so it's and you see even these minor level arcs like how for the first two seasons we see beth and jerry's relationship get rockier and rockier (sighs) there's some there's some little things like how they kind of fix up their relationship at the in the in the first season but then we leave that dimension so we so yeah. they so it's not actually fixed up anymore. But you know, and then we catch up with them later on. They try to do some some you know space level marriage counseling and stuff like that. But then finally, it all comes <laughs> to a head in season three, where they they separate for like the whole season. The whole season is them being split up from the pilot of from the from the premiere to the finale of that season. And then now that they're back together, they aren't really fighting anymore. They yeah. actually manage to kind of put aside their differences and solve them, and they don't fight the same way. And, like, Jerry's still the punching bag for sure. Like, there's small shade, but, like, he also still gets respect at times. Yeah. Like, a lot more than he used to at the beginning of the series. And Definitely. And he stands up for himself way more, too. Yeah, Even, exactly. even if even it's just Rick. him being sarcastic, he still just jumps in and is like, he doesn't want to take stuff from people. Yeah, exactly. And, like, again, is they could have gone back to formula and been like, oh, well, it's going to be a crappy marriage again. Like, was it good for them to get back together? But it's like they even said at the, be- the end of season three, like, oh, it's going to be like the season one formula, but more refined and more streamlined. Like, yeah, they, they even meant said because, that. yeah, is again, they have a level of meta-ness where they tell us just enough, you know? Yeah. But... It's because, yeah, you want character growth. If they went back to just them fighting all the time, people would be like, okay, so... So what, they just spent that whole season divorced and now they're back together? Like, what was the point of that? And now, instead, season three's arc for Beth and Jerry, I would say, is probably the best one of the series. Yeah. I love seeing the entire series of them divorced because, again, you get the Rick and Jerry episode. You get a Rick and Beth episode, the ABCs of Beth. That one's you also underrated. You get to underrated. see her backstory. Yeah, that one is super underrated. Also also another really dark concept. Another one of the really dark ones that's hard it's to remember child, as being so dark because it's like, you know, it's very light. It's very it's this world where nobody can die and stuff, but mm. then she trapped her, her childhood friend there, and uh, he's been living off of animals the whole time that he keeps, uh, we'll say, creating new ones and then eating them, and it's horrifying and terrible, and then she finally is just like, this guy's crazy, and she kills him, and, <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> that poses a question, too. In season five, they have the episode where it ends... The sperm episode, you know? The, the, yeah. The monster the, the, sperm. Yep. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> there's no other way to put that, sorry. Um, Not, yeah. And then, you, yeah, it's uncomforting. That's definitely one of the ones that we said was weird. Um... But the incest baby at the end of it, which winds up coming back in a later episode too, but the incest baby was such a controversial thing. I feel like it's because they just swept ABCs of Beth under the rug. Like, which is worse here? Like, getting with animals and procreating? Or like, I'm not even going to go there, (laughs) you know? Yeah, just leave it there. I can't even say it, so I guess that's my answer. The one you can't say is the answer on which one's worse. So there we we go. (laughs) If you're debating the the worstest of two things and you won't even say one of them, then that's the worst thing. (laughs) Anyways, back to this, though. It shows, again, both of those are real concepts in the show, and it gets wild. It gets so so crazy. Again, as crazy as it gets, it also introduces some of the most complex scenarios that you ever see, you know? Yeah. They, they touch on concepts 
family dynamics, and interpersonal relationships in ways that other companies and other storytelling media have almost never been able to broach quite the same way. With so many deep and personal things from lighter things like the end of the uh, Captain Planet parody from episode from, from season five with you know Rick and Morty's Planetina, Morty heartbroken. where Morty gets his heart broken, and it's the first time we ever see Beth be a mom, yeah. where she's just there to comfort him. She's not there to be snide and make a make a crappy comment or anything. She's just there to help him through this bad breakup, and that's pretty cool. And there's and or there's the one where Morty has the reset button. Oh, and, dude, that's and he's got the, the dark long side, which is of that's course the of it's the Vat, it's the Vat of oh, episode, it even which got was its own episode. It was it was an Emmy winner episode, I believe, and it was really good. And part of that was there's like a five minute long moment in the middle where it's pra- it's, it's where it's practically a silent movie. It's just visual storytelling with with music playing of Morty going through like this great romance with somebody, yeah. and they go through like a like a plane crash, and they manage to make it back to real life, and then it gets reset, and he like loses it, it, and he doesn't get it back. Yeah. And it's, it's, and you're like, what the, oh no! <laughs> and did you know, what's crazier on top of that is from behind the scenes stuff, um, the episode that they were writing for the Vat of Acid episode was only 17 minutes in runtime. And again, we know with ads it's a 30 minute episode, but usually it's 22 to 23 minutes. Yeah. So Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon literally went to their animation team and said, hey, we're going to have to scrap this episode. We need an idea for something. And one of the animators was like, hey, I got it covered, and they're the ones that single-handedly did that that Morty and female storyline, you know? So, like, the fact that that won them an Emmy was, like, again, it speaks to the skill of not even just Dan and Justin, as we keep saying their name, because, again, yeah, they're in the mastheads, but, like, this whole animation team, the whole writing team, everybody, like, the writing team now works for Marvel on multiple senses, they work for Loki, they're writing Doctor Strange 2, like, all this stuff, because they were like, hey... Rick and Morty knows their multiple universe stuff, you know? Like, they really do. As a lot of people are crediting Avengers and everything else with giving multiverse, like, the main thing, or Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, you see, yeah. like, multiverse stuff, and they're like, oh, it's mainstream now, but, like, Rick and Morty's been going since 2013, you yep. said? Yep. Like, it's definitely probably closer to the thing you can attribute to starting to at least make the conversation of parallel dimensions and universes a thing again. Absolutely. And... That's fantastic too, because it's because that that was broached almost right away by because the season finale from from season one yeah. is the first episode of the Citadel of Ricks. Yes, and that is where we Morty. first see the yeah. It's an introduction to Evil Morty. It's an introduction to the Council of Ricks, and all these kinds of things where we didn't really we had bumped up against the, the parallel universe thing one other time where when they made the love potion that uh that, that turned everybody except for. Morty's core family into Cronenbergs and they escape from it by merely jumping to a parallel dimension where that Rick was able to fix the problem and that was how they did it and that was the first time where we were like okay so multiverses are a thing in this in this what does that look like and then instead of slowly introducing us to it they do that and then they just go balls to the wall and just say there's a citadel where every conceivable Rick meets up, and yep. you're gonna you see some crazy things. And uh, where they say mo- mo- most universes have a Rick, and most Ricks have a Morty, and a bunch of the Ricks teamed up, and they made this citadel. And it's crazy. It's a unique concept. Futurama did a little bit of multiverse stuff, but never to this level. Exactly. Never. Not even close. And like it's crazy because again, 
they're they're feeding off of they came out and said one of their main influences was the council of reeds from marvel comics the council of mr fantastics in the parallel okay. universes and stuff so like it definitely again i know a bunch of the easter eggs guys i'm always going to reference backstage stuff for anything <laughs> we talk about like I, i'm that guy um but yeah so we get to see that and again the focus to detail they've had a whole episode dedicated to the citadel where it's just ricks and morty's and sam elliott uh but just ricks and morty's mainly and it's one of the best episodes in the entire series you know like it's yeah. insane how in depth they go with that concept and then again right after they introduce the citadel and even evil morty and everything else like that then the next episode is like okay so you guys paused time to do all of this stuff um yeah you can't mess with time yeah, like, and that is the season two premiere that has Key and Peel in it as the time time police, yeah, time cops, and uh, that where they where they keep on splitting the screen because of the different uh, outcomes of being indecisive where time is splintered. Yeah, and it's again just insanely unique, and it's very cool because these things are also so seamlessly done, where they hit these heavy high concept sci fi things, but they do them properly. Yeah. They, they, they don't half do it. They don't, like, make it, like, you know, like, they're, they're, they're flawless. There's no loopholes. There's no plot holes. They're just well-executed, high-concept things that we've never seen before. Yeah, and I got to correct a little bit is I guess they, like, went through the Citadel stuff, and then they yeah. had the party at the house the next episode where yeah. we get – and the only reason I point that out is because we get introduced to Bird Person. We get introduced to Squanchy. We get introduced to, again, another universe where they have an alien where they go and get Calaxian's crystals that turn out to be drugs. They're just <laughs> – Drugs. Turn out to be the ultimate party high for Rick, you know? And we see, like, multiple substances used in the show later on of, like, intergalactic stuff, but that was the first case where I was like, oh, wow, like, I didn't even think that was a concept, too, where, again, it's a sci-fi concept, but flipped on its head. Like, okay, I guess if this planet has fun party drugs, I guess every planet yeah. would, you know? <laughs> yeah. So everyone laughed about that, but again, it took such a crazy episode that introduced Aberdolf Linkler, for heck's sake. Aberdolf Linkler. <laughs> and you turn it on its side right after, and the end of the episode is, oh, we froze time because we're gonna avoid the consequences. So you're like, oh, that's funny. And then again, the season two premiere picks up, and it's like, hey, there's consequences here. Most shows would just be like, nope, it, it, it's over, it didn't happen, or have a small line or two and just go back to normal. Rick and Morty was like, hey, we're going to explain this in detail. If anything, we're going to establish more lore for our series with this, you know? Yeah, because they pause time at the end of the previous season so they can clean up after the party before Morty's parents get mad at them for how <laughs> terrible the house looks. And then, but they leave time frozen for like six months. Six months! Because <laughs> at first they're like, what if we just clean up the party and then just see how we feel? And they go through like a whole like half a year of their own time. And then when things get unfrozen, then now they have to spend an episode dealing with those repercussions. Yeah, yeah they can't th touch they, anything. They didn't get grounded or whatever, but instead they almost, you know, broke time and like almost killed themselves because of it. And, it, and, it's, and it's really good. Like it's about like what kind of repercussions are worse. And that episode has another underrated Beth and Jerry storyline that I just thought of, is that's the one where they hit a deer because Rick gives them, like, a $1,000, and Jerry spends, like, 999 of it on Cold Stone tipping them because they sang for him. Because they sang and for him. And then he, like, they hit a deer, and then Beth does her whole ego thing, which is the first time you see Beth act a little bit like Rick, too, where yeah. she's like, no, 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 I'm the best. You yeah, know, like, I'm don't taking question care of this me. I got this situation. Like, stay out of my way. And yeah. so... Jerry shows he's still a good caring husband though because he it's convinced every like at the end like okay we got to give this up 
And then it's the stupidest yet best review where it's not the police taking away the deer body, it's Coldstone Creamery, and they're <laughs> helping Jerry out so his wife can perform deer surgery, and that's a bonding experience for a husband and wife that later got divorced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in the meantime, they're two kids, and the guy that lives with them that is related to them in different ways, yeah. grandpa and son, yeah. or father and uh, father-in-law, but... uh. They, they're going through their own time dimension stuff at the same time these people yeah, are saving a deer. Because as, <laughs> as Rick himself even says, they're, they're, they're in their broken time, and then Morty's like, are my, are my parents okay? And then Rick says, Morty, pull your head out of your family's ass. We have a way bigger problem here. You know, he's like, they're probably just in some grounded story about their crappy marriage. Like, yeah. well, we're going to deal with our stuff. And that's exactly what was going on. <laughs> and it was, it was so good. Oh, dude. Because the meta commentary, it's not over the top. It's not, and I know this is what he does, so it's good, but it's not, they aren't trying to be Deadpool. They aren't trying to just to take every episode and look into the camera and make jokes to you. But they do it just often enough where they're like, occasionally Rick will just like look into the camera and be like, haha, I'm going for a commercial break. We'll be right back. And it's just like things like that. Like, what? You know you're in a TV show? Yeah. What is that? <laughs> or like at the Nintendo, end of, Nintendo, give me free stuff. Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> or when, again, the, 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 the Mind Parasites one, when the house gets full of people and they, they do like some big sweeping shot where you can see like all of these Mind Parasites who've become yeah. characters and stuff. Rick's like, oh no, this is terrible. And he's like, oh look, it's like a where's it's like a where's Waldo page. Haha, <laughs> can you find me in the uh-huh? We'll be right back, guys. And then they cut to a commercial and it's yeah. like, what is this? So it's so good because it's an extra added layer. You don't get that on The Simpsons. You don't get that on Futurama. True. You know? And they started doing it in Family Guy, but they do it really political in Family Guy. Oof. Yeah. Oof. oof. Big oof. But it's okay. I give Seth MacFarlane a pass because he, he doesn't want to do this anymore. Fox is forcing him. Anyways, back to the good show, Rick and Morty right now. Um, the one that's not dead for five years, ten years, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I say that as a the, family guy. The, the one where they didn't um, kill off the dog and then ruin their show by doing it. Uh, but anyway, okay, all right. But, anyway. uh, the Purging episode, dude, that's another one that I got to say is towards my top. You know, like, that's such a unique episode where it's the whole planet is the Purge stuff. And then they have, like, they think they have candy bars with all in them which makes them purge but then it doesn't actually have purge and all so they did all that dark stuff for real yeah uh, <laughs> and it's just and it's a great it's it's because it's their take on it which is why some of those earlier parodies of stuff their version of inception their version of, of the purge stuff are so good because yeah. it's just them saying here's what it's basically like justin roiland and dan Harmon being like here's what we want to see out of a purge movie so they do their little version of it yep you know and it's so good they aren't trying to do like because like like Family Guy did the Star Wars ones where they basically just inject their characters into it and just like make meta commentary yeah. making fun of Star Wars the whole time I love those but the Rick and Morty parodies aren't that they're no, more they're their own they're, they're more like style parodies that just inject the concept in hey this planet does purges you know like that movie The Purge yeah and now we're gonna have our own little thing here and it's and it's and it's well done because it's not just them outright parodying it's like a style parody that is more true. than an outright parody and I think that's good because they don't lean on the crutch of just taking other people's ideas all the time and they do it just often enough to kind of keep up with current ideas just to bounce off of it yeah to keep it relevant enough to where it's not going to die out in time like i could go right now yeah the purge movies keep coming out and the purge movies are also amazing but still is even if it was five ten years from now i could still go watch that episode and still find joy in it because yeah it's taking the concept of the purge a movie by then that'll be a little dated or whatever hopefully um just as far as like current yeah. times relating you know love the movies but still but it doesn't like you're saying it bounces off the concept but it's not a direct parody where it'd be like i can't watch this episode because it's not even relevant like it's still its own thing where it's like no this is a good episode because that's you know? exactly where south park falls 
And that's a good thing and a bad thing, is that most, so much of what they do is satire of current culture yeah. that you, if you don't really know what was going on, like, 20 years ago, you probably won't enjoy an older South Park episode because you're not going to know, oh, they're making deep cut jokes about the Bush administration. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But, like, current day, it's great because they're making fun of current day stuff. They're making fun of, of, of COVID. They're making fun of Trump. They're making fun of whatever. And that's cool. See. So it's, it's funny while it's going on, but it doesn't age well because it's meant to be taken at the time it comes out. And speaking of that, that's something else Rick and Morty does is they have a president in their universe voiced by Keith David, an acting legend, you know, a yeah. man with a memorable voice and both on and off screen legend. You have him appear in multiple episodes and they haven't like, yeah, he was the Obama parody or whatever, but once Trump was in office, they still kept him around and they had like his cabinet changed to around like what Trump's cabinet looked like and stuff for like little Easter eggs through the times that he appears because the president's in multiple episodes too. Yeah. But they keep it still again where they have the figurehead and they make a lot of political jokes, but they don't beat you over the head with it either you know like when the president is like oh yeah it's by uh abraham's slave coliseum he didn't free them all like yeah that's that's so dark or like the what is it the truman cocaine lounge the truman Co- yeah yeah like, there's another one like there's a couple you know and it's stuff like that where it's just like conspiracy theories and other stuff that could just relate yeah. to it which is another great one out of the current day one is the the thanks the thanksgiving episode oh, wonderful from season five because it is the exact opposite of every thanksgiving episode episode you've ever seen that episode is probably i'm even laughing right now saying it. that episode has probably given me the biggest laugh at a moment in rick and morty because rick is all about i have superior intellect you know and then especially him and the president through previous times it's hinted like oh the president has all this technology and the president even has an awareness for all this stuff like he might be one of rick's matches and he keeps reappearing you know little by little he's getting a little more rivalry with rick and then you get to the turkey episode and rick thinks he has him all figured out turning into a turkey and the present turns to a turkey and Rick's reaction where he's just like, oh my god, Morty, act like a turkey. And Morty's like, what? He's like, act like a freaking turkey. And like, he's all the president <laughs> he, has the upper hand. Like, he's like, I was not ready for this. I was not Yeah, <laughs> seeing was, him over Because you almost never see Rick not ready for something. He's like, uh, he's un- un- unprepared like twice in the whole episode. He yeah. always has the upper hand. He's always the smartest guy in every room. And it's... Which is going to change. And it's fantastic because of that. It gives him such this insane up- upper hand in every interaction that to see him lose it occasionally is great, which is why going forward it's going to be an interesting thing because we don't know what that looks like yeah, I'm going really forward interested. after the end of season five. Yeah, because they answered know. all of our theories of like, the past, again, 2013, we're in 2021, the past eight years of theories, because they set up Evil Morty in season one. Yeah. So, like, we've had a lot of all this time and a lot of theories about Rick's backstory and all this other stuff. All of that has been answered now, and it's been left on the cliffhanger of Evil Morty's the only one portal tech. He has a new type of portal that we're assuming means he can travel all over the multiverse, not just within the central finite curve. And we don't know what that means, you know? Is he gonna get killed right away like you said is he gonna get killed off in the first couple of minutes of season six and it's like oh so now we know there's there's a big bad like we need to worry this dude's dominated eight years of this he's dominated the entire thing and now he just got murked in a second you know yeah is it gonna be where i think where okay we had rick's backstory in the past two of three final episodes I think we need Evil Morty's backstory to give that a full final conclusion. And then, I still agree with you, have the after credits scene or something be him dying off. Yeah. To signal, hey, we're doing something moving forward where even Rick's not going to know how to handle this. I like that a lot. Definitely. But 
I really like the existential episodes too. Oh yeah. The Rick in the Toilet episode is probably one of the best episodes and it's highly underrated because a lot of people think of it with the Glutie episode. Taika Waititi's good and everything and it's a fun little side story with Morty and Jerry. Yeah, cuz they cuz they turned cuz Rick's thing with the toilet um on the other planet kind of becomes the the B plot when it's yeah. debatably the more interesting concept actually. Yeah, I think it's way better and they hit a lot of existential stuff to where yeah, now we know that Rick's wife is dead and everything, which I need to go back and rewatch that episode oh, for man. Tony's speech now that we know all of this stuff because I haven't watched it since the finale. I've just watched the finale like six freaking times. <laughs> it's so good. But uh, just that I remember watching it at the time. Like it hits such a deep level of seriousness and sadness that we rarely see. We see it with the Unity episode. We see it with this episode. And we see it a couple of times. Like the Clone Beth episode is another one. But like, again, just to add another layer to this, Rick and Morty just keeps hitting those tones that it's all over the place. It's not any one animated show, you know? Like, yeah, because surface level at first, if you know nothing about it, you might think it's a dumb adult swim show. Who yeah. cares? You might think, oh, they're doing some, some sci-fi crap and they're just emulating previous things that all came before them. That's an easy mistake and to make. some of the fans don't help. <laughs> they don't. No, yeah, the bad fan base does not help at all. But then you get into it, and you're like, no, this is a well-crafted science fiction program that also has some of the most intricate interpersonal relationships that we've ever seen fleshed out, especially in the medium of, of, of animation. Yeah. And there's something to be said for that. You know, you don't you don't have that all over the place. You even It's hard to match that in live-action stuff sometimes. And these interactions, yeah. because it's the, the subtleties... You know, it's the it's like the show don't show don't tell kind of thing. Exactly. They 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 don't just tell you we have a bad relationship. They show it to you by Beth and Jerry having little fights all over the place. It eventually leads to you thinking in the back of your mind, I think they kind of have a bad relationship. Yeah. And then they flesh it out once they give you enough small pieces to put that together yourself. They they know that their audience is smart and they take advantage of that and it's a good thing. True. You know, and so that's why this show, it, there's just so much here to talk about. You know, we could talk episode by episode about what makes this show so good and it would be easy to do that and make this podcast be a four hour long episode yeah but you know? we gotta cut it at I think a certain time eventually you know? we, we eventually we gotta walk away because it's what are just, we at right now uh it's about 40 minutes so nice so i think you know it's it's been it's just a good show that is staying good so yeah. far so good there's the first five seasons have been solid we'll see what happens We've seen some shows that don't stick the landing when they get to the finale. True. Um, we know they know, have uh, a big block of episodes, though, so I'm hoping they have the overarching story written instead of trying to play it season by season like a lot of things. You know? Or even like Star Wars did. Oh <laughs> even even all the way up to big consult. scale things. But Ooh. I mean, but like this show, if people ask you, like, what would you compare Rick and Morty to? I wouldn't compare it to Family Guy or American Dad or The Simpsons. I would compare it to the likes of maybe like you know like you said futurama for, I, th one, I, I, for think, sure. I think futurama is comparable uh i would definitely say bojack horseman yeah because both main protagonists rick and bojack you relate to a lot of their actions to an extent and you laugh at a lot of their stuff but at the end of the day you're not supposed to like them or yeah. at least you're you not aren't supposed, supposed to, to identify with, with them. them that's the thing you're yeah. not supposed to like there's certain stuff rick says and everything that's existential and same with bojack which we'll go into that in a future episode but they say certain stuff, but their actions, you're not supposed to be able to excuse their actions. They're supposed to be going yeah. forward, you know? I would say Archer is another one. Archer, yeah, you had the three seasons that could have been one season of a coma thing instead of three. But now that it's back for two current seasons, they're still going, you know? And they're going strong on it, and they're making Archer be responsible for his stuff. 
those are the shows I would compare it to. Shows that are very fleshed out characters, very well exhibited bonds. Yeah. So I mean, where in a in a in a in a crazy sci-fi show, the sci-fi stuff almost sometimes takes a back seat. Yeah. To the relationships, and I think that that really says something because it's really easy to just make your show just about the the, the high concept. You know, to kind of flanderize your own show the way that Family Guy has just kind of become like the cutaway show instead yeah. of being about the characters. It's about how many jokes can we shove into a half hour thing. True. You know, and again, I'm not trying to slam Family Guy because I know nah. that Seth MacFarlane wanted the show done years ago. So I can't. I'm not. I'm not blaming anything. Yeah. But it. Is, but it has become the go-to example of shows that don't have plot True. anymore. And Rick, Ray, and Ray, 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 Rick and Morty has so much plot that the the you know the show itself is an ice cream sundae. And the sci-fi is the is the cherry on top. That's you don't you, you could have a great show here without the sci-fi stuff. Yes, because of the way that the characters are written and the growth that is that's exhibited in these in these characters. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Is you you have the jokes? You need a high IQ to understand Rick and Morty and all the other stuff. Like it's yeah, laughable and everything, <laughs> but uh, in reality, like yeah, in reality though, is it balances the sci-fi perfectly to where if you're a sci-fi nerd, you're gonna love it. But if you're not a sci-fi person, you still really would vibe with it. And again, I'm I'm never the type of person that's like, every person is, should love this and you're stupid if you don't like it. You have your own opinion, you know, and all I can say is give it a try. Give it a try with either season one, episode two, Lawnmower Dog, yes. the real start of the series. Season two, episode four, the... The, the Mind Parasites one. Yeah, the one. Parasites one. Uh, from there, you kind of got to do one of those two. Otherwise, you're going to start getting into heavy spoilers real quick and not understand what's going on. Yeah. But... Give them a shot, you know. Or I would even say back back. season one, episode three, Meeseeks and Meeseeks, also solid. Is that episode three or, or episode it might five? be episode four or five. That's episode five because Anatomy Park season uh, season one, episode three. That's uh, John Oliver. That's John true. Oliver. John Oliver being their, their first guest star yeah. was also very cool. But Meeseeks is another great one. Another one with some high concept, interesting sci-fi stuff. Turned on its head. Turned on its head. And brought back multiple times. In creative ways where Certainly they don't, where, 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 where they never center another episode around it. What do you want? What do you want? I would love an episode, final note, I would love an episode purely inside of the Meeseeks box where like something malfunctions or anything now that they establish there's a Kirkland Meeseeks brand on top of the regular one or whatever have Rick and Morty go inside of a Meeseeks box and have a bunch like a green a purple and orange all these different types of Meeseeks with different abilities and, and, stuff, and, and, and see they have to how fix their world is yeah. yeah they have to fix it but you also see how they're summoned to the real universes and everything else like and yeah. have it go completely haywire that'd be cool but again we could talk about this all night man we could talk um, about small stuff and big stuff we definitely all over got a lot of other stuff to do though we're yeah. very big busy people so, so we we're, we're gonna cut it we'll, we'll probably cap it off here but you know this is just it's 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 my it's my it's my favorite currently airing show i would probably go that far especially Dang. with with in general live uh, action and animated what else am i watching i mean i was watching brooklyn 99 but now that's over oh, so it's not currently airing anymore and did perfectly so too. i would say rick and morty would probably be my favorite currently airing show honestly speaking and I think it's just it's it's so good, but especially in the, especially in the animated category, it, it it's hard to beat it, and it is up there as one of the animated greats. Yes, I would say, absolutely. I mean, you don't you don't get your show renewed for seventy episodes at once unless the network has faith in you and you know you have the fan base. Again, all they can do now is write one overarching story, hit it home. Exactly. So um, yeah, that'll do it here. Uh, Brandon, you got anything to plug? Uh, again, same as usual. Got my art on my Instagram. Also posting food, but that's not for sale unless you're my friend, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, at Canva Butter, C-A-N-V-A-B-U-T-T-E-R. And uh, yeah, that's all the Canva Buddy has to say, bro. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> it for the Canva Buddy and for your host. Uh, 
you know, um, I've been Will, of course, that was Brandon, and uh, this will start the outro. Um, a lot of side characters. I I, I love Squanchy, personally. A lot of side characters. And of course... Phoenix, we need to talk about Bird and Bird person Phoenix person's arc. Oh my god, we're going to have to talk about that in a future thing. We'll Holy have to talk about it eventually, because I'm sure he's going to come back uh, at some but yeah, point. We need Squanchy to come back. I want to see more Squanchy. And I like, like they keep bringing back Mr. Poopy Butthole also. Every, who's also every so good. season At least finale. once a season. Oh, his so story good. arc right now, too, is dark. That makes me sad. But I guess that was the outro. <laughs> <laughs>